Welcome to Advocates for Advanced Care, a podcast that is focused on bringing what seems to be senior issues to undergraduate students and invites our audience to explore the numerous layers that constitute advanced illness care. This podcast is produced by the Coalition to Transform Advanced Care, CTAC for short, where we work to empower and encourage those with a serious illness to receive gold concordant family-centered care in addition to HealthBits, an interactive online public health news outlet seeking to bridge the gap in healthcare education on a range of topics for this generation's students. I'm Sabrine Huck, Partnerships and Programs Intern at CTAC and co-founder of HealthBits. Each episode of our podcast includes the personal experiences and journeys thus far of our speakers and motivational tips and resources for students to carry with them as they explore opportunities in the vast field of advanced illness care. Welcome. Today, we are joined by four fellow CTAC interns. So without further ado, I will turn it over to our guests to briefly introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Joanna George, and I am a policy intern at the Center to Transform Advanced Care, in addition to a graduate student at the University of Tulsa in their MBA in Healthcare Delivery Sciences program. Um, I'm also part of the Albert Schweitzer Fellowship and um, the Champions of Aging Initiative, as well as being a primary caregiver for a family member with chronic illness. And I'm so excited to be part of this conversation today. Hi, everyone. I'm Niharka Singh. I am a rising fourth year at the University of Virginia, studying global public health and Spanish. I am also a programs and partnership intern at CTAC. And I'm really interested in um, ensuring racial and social equity in healthcare, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast today. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm also a Programs and Partnership intern for CTAC this summer. I'm a rising third year at Brandeis University, majoring in public health and psychology. And I'm excited to do this podcast just to dive a little bit deeper into the world of public health. Hi, I'm Lila. I'm about to be a senior at Hamilton College. I'm studying public policy and anthropology, and I'm really excited to be on this podcast because I think it'll be just a great environment for me and my intern peers to all kind of bounce ideas off of what's most important to each other, um, ourselves within the sphere of advanced care. Hi, um, my name is Dominic. I am going to be a senior next year at the University of Minnesota, and I'm studying um, political science and environmental science. And I think this podcast will be a good place to have a, a discussion. Amazing. It's so great to have you all. Um, the format of our discussion today is meant to be light and conversational. We will be going through a few short questions, which I will be posing to the group. And everyone is encouraged to chime in when and where they seem fit. To kick things off, our first question today is, what brought you to CTAC and drew you into the space of advanced illness care? So for me, my understanding of healthcare and my first exposure to the healthcare delivery system started in hospice and the um, sacredness that they brought to um, the journey and the wellness of their patients was something that truly impacted me, um, as well as just um, 
their emphasis on quality and individuality um, while delivering healthcare. Um, and I think that's something that's sort of shaped um, my viewpoint. And so learning about the Center to Transform Advanced Care, or CTAC, um, and being able to participate and learn more about policy on a national level, um, as opposed to just on a patient um, an individual level, has been something I've truly valued so far. Yeah, I also agree. I was um, drawn to CTAC after learning a lot about their um, advocacy work in ensuring health equity. And also, I was very inspired by their diverse community engagement. It has been really exciting for me to learn more about end-of-life care policy through conversations with a variety of leaders um, in the field, being in state coalitions, hospice facilities, with faith leaders and social equity organizations through CTAC. So it's all very exciting work that um, I'm interested in. CTAC for me, I definitely agree with everyone what everyone's been saying, how both the social and the political side of the work has been really inspirational to me. Um, I definitely believe that um, healthcare and everything should be available to everyone. I think CTAC is doing an amazing job both on the political and the social side of just bringing it to everyone. My interest in CTAC came largely from my interest in healthcare policy more generally. I, my mother studied palliative care. She's now a social worker and she specialized in palliative care. So that's been a specific area of interest for me just because of all of the room there is for improvement with regards to the policy shaping that sector. And so the work that CTAC is doing to kind of tackle these issues that impact so many people receiving advanced illness care is really what drew me to the group. And I'm really excited to get started. Um, yeah, I just, the more I learned about uh, healthcare through uh, through school, the more uh, I realized how the system didn't really work very well, and I was also drawn to the uh, policy side of, you know, trying to get specific policies done. Um, yeah, and I found that very interesting. Well, it's so great to hear, you know, what drew everyone to this space in CTAC. You know, similarly, you know, I came here to learn more about how I can even better bridge these gaps and inequity, especially for those who are most disproportionately affected in the space of serious illness care. Um, you know, for me, this past year, I personally witnessed the dignity and virtue that really exists in this field with my own grandfather and found that, you know, the decisions that many of us are not prepared to make and the flood of emotions that transpire, but with little to no guidance, these, you know, really showed me the holes and gaps that exist in this area of healthcare. And I also found that this is um, one field that really wasn't being talked about enough, especially among students our age and undergraduates. So it's very exciting to hear that all of you share that, you know, motivation and excitement to get more involved in this field. And CTAC is, a, is an amazing place to start with that. So um, just to move on to our next question, um, to you, why is the field of advanced illness care not solely a senior issue? Why is it important for undergraduate students like ourselves to get involved in this space before it's too late? One of the things that I love about CTAC is that they don't limit um, their definition of serious illness or serious illness care by age. And I think that um, in the traditional 
healthcare delivery system, there's a really big emphasis on sickness as opposed to wellness. Um, I think that sickness and our desire to cure it and to prevent it um, ultimately drives the way that healthcare works as opposed to um, our value for wellness and how to foster it and promote it. And I think that um, one thing that is sort of limited when you're looking at curative measures is that eventually they are going to to meet an endpoint. And I think that um, our society as a whole tends to um, overlook that limitation and oftentimes. And so whenever those situations happen, like you mentioned before, Sabrine, they can be extremely emotional because people aren't unprepared for them or are unprepared for them and um, aren't really equipped um, emotionally, uh, socially, and especially in terms of sort of resources to figure out how to navigate those areas. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Joanna. I think CTAC does a great job of, you know, working with advanced analyst care and having it not only be a senior issue because people of all ages have healthcare experiences with serious illnesses. And in fact, I learned more about this um, this past week. I was as I was on a call with a pediatric palliative care organization named George Mark George Mark um, Children's House. So this organization focus on, focuses on improving the quality of life and continuity of care for children um, with serious illnesses and chronic medical conditions. So I think it's really you know it's been inspiring for me to work with and observe organizations organizations that prioritize um, improving access and quality of service within advanced illness care for, you know, not only the elder population. And for us, like we are the next generation of healthcare providers, healthcare advocates, um, you know, I think it's really important that we're starting to learn about what it needs to be improved in this um, healthcare field. And we're starting to um, become more involved. So I'm really excited for this work. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and just adding a bit more onto that, I think it's important to emphasize that this cannot be an individual problem. And when looking at advanced care and advanced illness as only a senior issue, it kind of individualizes the problem and we're trying to create a larger aspect. So it needs to be a larger push in order to create a larger change. And I feel like that's what CTAC's doing. They're really working on multiple levels and multiple aspects in order to really help everyone through advanced care. Yeah, I really agree with what you were just saying, Sarah. I do think that this is an area of care that needs to be tackled from kind of a larger scale rather than solely on a case-by-case -case instance. And I also do, I think this is true in a lot of different sectors of healthcare. I think collaboration between as many people that are all passionate about the issue whenever possible is the most effective way to actually spark change. So by getting people of all ages involved in this kind of fight to transform advanced illness care, I think that is a really clear-cut way to make the most impact. And as my peers have all been saying, just recognizing that this isn't an issue that is limited to seniors. And it does just, I think, the most people that can kind of help tackle this issue, the better, honestly. Yeah, I also think that collaboration is really important. 
Um, I always think that the American healthcare system is very reactive and isn't very proactive. So um, the more people can learn about how the healthcare system works or how the advanced care system works or how to uh, you know, prevent certain diseases, that can also have a huge effect uh, and positive impact. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with everyone's points. You know, learning how to sit with your own discomfort or even just be comfortable with that discomfort is not something that shouldn't, that is something that shouldn't be restricted rather by age or group, as you had mentioned, Joanna. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we will have all experienced grief in some capacity, if not already. And, you know, to be offered guidance and coping with said grief earlier on is bound to be found to be helpful in the long run, as we learned in our discussion with the folks at Grief Advocacy. And, you know, echoing your point, Neharika, the youth of today are the healthcare workers, caregivers, and doulas of tomorrow. And, you know, to learn from a young age how to manage and guide emotions, deliver you know, culturally, culturally competent care, and effectively goal-oriented care are just priceless skills, no matter what, you know, area of healthcare you, you plan to pursue. And these types of skills can only be developed with time and practice, which is why um, we really do encourage our audience to get involved in this space from, a, from an earlier stage in their lives. Great, so just to segue into our next question, um, with our target audience in mind, um, what advice would you give to undergraduate students who are not familiar with the various layers of advanced illness care and high quality decision making, but are eager to explore the field, particularly from a non-medical perspective? I really appreciate your beginning sentence, um, the last question about the opportunity for discomfort. I think that one thing that I would um, disclose or advise um, others is that this space can be uncomfortable, I think, to enter into, especially given um, sort of different societal factors that prompt us to distance ourselves from our own mortality. And so engaging in these spaces and realizing um, the depth of others' experiences inevitably sort of points to our own mortality. And I think that that can make us uncomfortable. Um, but I would encourage, sort of like you said, um, others to to engage, to be aware with that of that discomfort and to just sort of embrace it and let it um, sort of guide them throughout this process. Um, because I think that ultimately, um, realizing our own opinions and our own biases, biases in this area can lead to greater inclusivity and connectivity to others um, and greater meaning overall. Um, I think this space can be intimidating to enter sometimes when you don't have much exposure to it, especially because it's so often as a medical experience as opposed to a social or a re relational experience. Um, but I think that those, those latter two factors are extremely profound and extremely meaningful. And so I think I would also encourage them that this space is probably more rewarding um, than they might anticipate. pieces of advice would be to just you know to dive in with exploring but not only like focus on how we can improve care for the majority 
majority, but really look at minority populations and sectors of the population that, um, you know, may be overlooked, but are greatly impacted by advanced care um, policies and advanced care services and access. Um, so in particular, I would say, you know, look at how minority communities are being impacted, look at how, um, you know, LGBT, L, like elders are being impacted, and, you know, really work with organizations that are prioritizing, you know, racial and social equity, because this is like an issue that has been, um, you know, overlooked for so many generations. I think it's a great opportunity for our generation to, you know, expand our perspective and really zone in on helping communities that haven't been provided with adequate care. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that has been said. Um, one thing I would recommend is just looking at what's happening in the world, looking at platforms like Twitter and the news just to see what people have to say and hearing people's testimonies to make sure that everyone's voices are being heard in this platform of advanced care and, and illness and just making sure that everyone who needs to be at the table is at the table and creating space for everyone and just really creating open conversations. Yeah, I really agree with Sarah, your point about listening to people's experiences and their um, testimonies on kind of their experiences within advanced illness care. I think focusing on lived experiences is one of the most effective ways of actually understanding an issue that can at times seem a bit more abstract yet clearly has a very tangible impact on the lives of so many. And so I think focusing on that and then also just kind of diving into the field just one step at a time and just trying to kind of understand all of the inner workings um, and just recognizing that it is a kind of complicated policy area that potentially people haven't been exposed to. So just recognizing that and not being deterred if you're met with any discomfort or anything. Yeah, um, I was going to say that it's a it's an area that's very complicated um, and that if someone isn't very familiar with it, there are a lot more resources to your disposal than you'd think. There's lots of other groups that are working on on promoting advanced care within different communities and that um, even when it feels very overwhelming, that there's a lot of different places to seek for help or guidance or information that could help you out in this field. Um, great, you know, to add on to just everyone's amazing pieces of advice, um, in my opinion, you know, students should certainly feel comfortable, you know, challenging the norms of what care supposedly looks like. Um, I found that the most common misconception is that you need a white coat to change a life. And, you know, there's just so many ways in which a life can be changed or made better, for better terms, you know, ranging from a hug, you know, helping a tech company code a new advanced care planning app, you know, creating a guide to managing grief. And as you mentioned, Lila, you know, just focusing on the lived experiences of those suffering, just to name a few. So, you know, I'd really just to summarize, encourage our audience to just be curious, as some of my peers have mentioned, tap into their own networks and start conversations there. And really just remind ourselves that there's always room to get involved in the space, no matter what your background is, what your experiences are. Um, 
So with that, I will transition into our final question for today, um, which is, how can palliative care education teach healthcare students, whether those be future medical students, consultants, policymakers, faith leaders, etc., about the importance of patient-oriented care? What have you guys learned from your experiences thus far in this space? One of the things that I've learned is how much um, palliative care and serious illness care as fields tend to honor patients as the experts in their own lived experience. Um, they might be the medical expert in the room, or the social worker might, or the nurse, or um, the chaplain might be the expert in their field, um, whether it comes to you know grief or whatever their specific specialty is. Um, but the patient is the expert in the their own priorities and in knowing themselves and in um, just sort of their own their own life. And I think that um, there's so much focus on maybe facilitating. Um, helping those people to to realize um, their answers to, to some of these questions about what's most meaningful. But I think that um, there's a lot of hesitancy in assuming what is most meaningful or what is the best course of action or of treatment, um, even amongst medical experts in this field. And I think that that aspect of um, just sort of listening and humility um, is a tenant of that field that I really value. Yeah, I completely agree, Joanna. I think that one of the most important things that I've learned from um, my exposure in palliative care and, you know, end-of-life care is that listening is so important. Um, as someone who wants to be a healthcare provider in the future, I think like this experience has made me more aware of patients' backgrounds and their cultures and, you know, um, their faiths and their family preferences. I, I have become more, um, you know, focused on prioritizing family and patient empowerment throughout one's healthcare journey rather than just focusing on the medical steps of the journey because, you know, there's so much more to ensuring that a patient feels empowered, a patient feels like themselves while they're experiencing a serious illness. Um, when looking at advanced care and healthcare in general, I think it's extremely important to remember that the individuals that people are working to help are not statistics and they're not just their diagnosis and that it's extremely important to meet them where they are to support them and what they need most and through CTAC I feel like I've really learned the importance of looking at advanced care through different lenses on multiple different pathways to ensure that patient-oriented care is at the peak of importance. I think within healthcare it's always a very personal kind of area, I guess, um, because there is this vulnerability that patients have kind of regardless of why one might be receiving medical attention. And this is uh, only heightened with advanced illness care. Just this sense of, um, it's a really personal experience. It is a very vulnerable one. And so I do think that the needs and wants of the individual need to be prioritized at all costs. Um, and that's why just this, kind of individualized care is so, so important. 
and regarding these patients, as my peers have said, as individuals rather than statistics. Yeah, I agree with what everybody said about the importance of focusing on on individuals' wants and goals and goals and needs. Um, also, like everybody f- deals with stressful situations in very different ways. Um, different people facing the same issues um, within advanced care could have very different outlooks and goals, and it's very important to respect those those wants. And to not treat everybody the same the same way. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate your last sentence, Dominic. Just on, you know, being cognizant of the fact that um, care really is individualized, and it will not come in the same shape or form for each individual who needs it. So, you know, having that sound understanding and knowledge on palliative care education can really enable and guide you know, healthcare workers to make. Um, less aggressive decisions when need be in, um, in serious illness care and just to really better understand pain and symptom management, the goals of care, and generally um, introduce, you know, advanced care planning conversations early on in the stage of their continuum of care. And, you know, something that I've learned is that cultural influences, personal values, and beliefs can really impact a person's ability to understand their healthcare decisions. Um, or issues related to serious illness care. And so therefore having access as you know, healthcare providers ourselves um, to serious illness and palliative care education in professional or academic institutions can really be critical in ensuring that this high quality care is being provided and it matches the wishes of the patients and their families. Um, so with that, I wanted to thank our guests for coming in today and speaking with us and our audience for listening to us today. Um, for more information on Advocates for Advanced Care and CTAC, as well as HealthBits' work to re- rectify the gap in education and engagement in advanced illness care among our students, please visit www.thectac.org and www.thehealthbits.weebly.com. Stay well, everyone, and thank you.